Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you at 10am Monday to Friday, your last show of the week in the morning. Good morning to Bailey. How are you doing? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good, CC, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not too shabby. Uh, I watched back yesterday's show uh, with, of course, Alfie, who did a brilliant debut. Uh, really good stuff. Disappointed in the agreement about Awar, but, uh, you know, you can't win them all. You can't, you can't win them all. <laughs> if you haven't yet watched back that show with Chris Bailey and Alfie yesterday, please make sure you go and do that. It was a very good chat about the potential alternatives should Yuri Tillemans deal fall through. That said, you know, at the moment, it's not looking like it will fall through. Arsenal are confident and, and have him as their priority of getting that deal done um a number of of uh information dropped this morning courtesy of the athletic of course with uh, the transfer window officially open today from a domestic point of view it will have to wait until the july the first if we want to register players from europe and the wider world of course likes of marquinhos matt turner etc but uh yeah it's exciting knowing that the deals uh, are, are on the move and the windows open and that article in particular from james minicola said bailey that you know that there's a an in- intensification, I suppose, of Arsenal's talks now that the window has opened. So at what point do you start thinking we should be worried that nothing has happened yet? We should we should only be worried if another club comes in for a player and suddenly they're having intense talks with Gabriel Jesus or, or mm. new tenements. Until then, we just have to pray that we can get a deal with the line. By now, I'm not going to lie to you, I would like us to have been in more intense talks already of players like Jesus and Tillemans who we were speaking to apparently for months mm. and their dudes had months to, to try to negotiate these deals so I'd have liked us to be in a, a better position rather than just we're confident we're confident we're confident because we see in clubs like Liverpool already agree in personal terms with players like Darwin Nunes getting the deal over the line it seems like and other clubs as well so mm. with us chasing Gabriel Jesus for so long and how the media are reporting the priority and the importance of Jesus' signing. You would like to ask to have wrapped this one up and just get over and done with and move on to the next targets because clearly Jesus is our number one target. But with Chelsea lurking, it's scary. Yeah, there's a little bit of a fear factor there with, with Chelsea lurking. I think it will depend a lot on how quickly they move on either Lukaku or Werner, you know, whilst they're still there. It's it's difficult for them to kind of show Jesus that he is you know the priority or that he would be a priority for them next season. Um, good morning to uh, Mark Sampson in the chat box. Sean, good morning to you, Stevie, Paul, Afsar. Good morning, guys. Uh, Carabo as well. Uh, Afsar says the transfer window is open and my blood pressure is up too. Uh, Sj Chan, good morning to you. And uh, Judd Tin says, we need to get players in early this year. I can hope that it's different to previous years, but I can see the same happening and we won't be ready for the season. The board do this every season. But what do you define as early? I mean, that's what I want to know. When it, when does the early phase end? Because if we sign players before pre, for our first pre-season yeah. game, I'd say that's early. You know, it's yeah, completing definitely. the business early. Is that fair? Yeah, I completely agree. Usually... Um, signings are not done until the prim- the Premier League starts. I know um, mm. we want signings before pre-season, but not hardly any club finishes their business before the Premier League actually starts. I know early August, that's when I'd like to see our business wrapped up in early August. But going into pre-season, I'd like our target, our main targets, Gabriel Jesus and Yuri Tillemans, to hopefully be at a stage where they can start joining us for pre-season because clearly we've identified our priority. So that would be the ideal situation. But as you said, I agree with UTC early is... Pre-season, when the pre-season, pre-season starts, we have our signings in late, would be after the Premier League starts. Yeah, I've, I think that with the first pre-season game on the 8th of July, you know, any signings made before that point absolutely can be defined as, as completing business early yeah. in the window. 
I think as soon as it gets to after that last preseason game against Sevilla on the 30th of July, you're then looking, the business is late. You know, the business has not been done early enough. They've not been given the time to to get some preseason games, to integrate into the squad, to get training and know what's going to happen on the first game of the Premier League season. I'm hoping that we see this business done, you know, before that first game, but it might be at least that we get it done before the, the US tour as well, which takes place the following week after that first game against Nuremberg in Germany. Um, Paul says, I'd like all our targets in by the end of this month. We know who we want, so go and get them. Is there any kind of reasoning why they wouldn't be? I mean, can you reason as to why the club might struggle to get the players in by the, before the end of the month? It could be Eddie's financial, so his uh, negotiation tactics could be poor. That could be. That could be. What does that look like, though? I'd love to know. This I'd is love, the, person, the technical director of yeah. Arsenal Football Club. What a yeah. poor negotiation! Look, I'd love to be a fly in the wall when Eddie's discussing with players' agent or the club or trying to agree a fee or or trying to mm. persuade a player to, to join a club for this many years or or take this amount of money. It's not. It's easier said than done because Gabriel. Let's say Gabriel Jesus, his agent says there's six other clubs available. That means Arsenal have to be the top top team out of six other clubs mm. and it's not easy to persuade a player as the athletic article by James McNicholas he said about Champions League football it becomes more difficult and more of a, a difficult deal to get over the line and that could be an, a sticking point for Gabriel Jesus maybe he wants Champions League football so he's saying instead of Champions League football what else can you offer me that will cover for that for you not offering that and that could be mm. a difficult part of negotiation so I'll definitely say negotiation tactics of course players will want to wait out maybe longer chance out a little bit to see what other clubs can come in so then they can get a, a better deal from Arsenal as well so it's a lot of a lot of factors going into the transfers uh, Jotin says we need two players in the next two weeks if we're being serious it's it's always like these timelines make me a little bit nervy because what so if it's 15 days is it ridiculous? Is it six? If it's sixteen days rather than fourteen, is it? Are we not serious? I don't know. It's just weird, kind of these cut-off points. Like you know, I think a yeah. fair timeline is that first preseason game. You know, if after the first preseason game we've not done our business, then that plan that I do, Edu was talking about, uh, talking about to ESPN Brazil clearly was a failure. So I. I think I look at those deadlines. I'm not going two weeks must do it, three weeks must do it, end of the month must do it. No, it's for me. It's it's genuine deadlines like that first preseason game that I think we need to look to as a target of when we should have the priority deals for this summer done. Because, you know, some deals are going to be towards the end of the window because it's yeah. just the way that the window works. Some deals don't open up. Some players don't become available. Sometimes the club wants to take advantage of certain opportunities that come up. The difference between that and 2021 was that we needed a creative midfielder and we didn't get Odegaard in until right towards the end of the window. You know, we needed that backup goalkeeper or an improvement in goalkeeper. We didn't get them in until near the end of the window. Uh, we needed a right back because Bellerin was not good enough. We were playing with Chambers, you know, at the start of the season. We didn't get him until deadline day in Tomiyasu. It's those types of deals were key that summer, and we didn't get them until right at the end of the window. We got our centre-back in, sure, but at the same time, we, we needed that right back, uh, and we didn't get him in on, until deadline day, and that cost us. This summer, we know that we need a centre mid, and we know that we need a striker as the priorities this winter. There's more that we need, but they're the two positions that we do need. So if we don't get them in before, well ahead of the start of the season, you know, it will constitute a failure, in my view, of the window. And Nitin says, I don't want to criticise anyone Arteta for failed signings, but after spending around a year on a target to lose it to some club who got interested one or two months back would be shambolic. Do you agree, even though if it is Chelsea, it's because the Champions League obviously is that defining factor? So is it fair to describe it as shambolic when you don't have the Champions League football to support your bid for the player? 
yes, yes, I would still class it as shambolic simply because of all the hysteria surrounding Gabriel mm. Jesus and the 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 let it known to the media that he's an absolute must buy. He's a must buy signing. It will embarrass Arsenal if we don't get Gabriel Jesus and he goes to Chelsea mm -hmm. for one to two months. And for that reason, it makes it shambolic. Looking at it on paper, for example, let's say Osim next week we register a bid and then Chelsea come in and take him. That wouldn't be shambolic. But Gabriel Jesus' situation right now, where we're class him as a priority, he's clearly the number one target. We're dismissing other targets such as Gamaka. Mm. We're going to let him go to PSG simply because we are so focused on Gabriel Jesus. For Chelsea just to come in and take him despite having the Champions League football attraction towards them, that is shambolic in my opinion because we've waited so long, of course. We've been speaking to him for months. And again, that was highlight for me. Edu's poor. That's that's not good yeah. on Edu. That's he's, he's doing a poor job and he's role as technical director if that does happen. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a case of like if, if you knew you were going to, if Europa League was where you were going to end up, you go in hard, you pay the money that Man City won, you agree that deal with the club and you get the player in early. Like that that would be my argument as to to how you cope with, with you know, the, the, then dropping down to the Europa League is that you're going to have to go in harder. You're not going to have that luxury of having that top four ability. So yeah, they should have reacted sooner if that was the case, but we'll wait and see if indeed it does change in the coming weeks as now the window, as we say, is indeed open. Um, but if the priorities, you know, if we fail at striker and centre mid with, say, Jesus and Tielemans, I know we did the show yesterday on Tielemans alternatives, but like, who are you looking at in this window to be, say, plan B for Jesus? Who's the main guy? For me, my my ideal guy would be Victor Osimhen because I've oh, realistically, realistically, <laughs> I it's know not now, realistic, is it? Charles Watts did report that Arsenal do hold the interest, and Napoli they are mm. holding on to him, and it will take around the eighty-four million pound mark to, to sign him. And I think that is an extra thirty-four million is a lot, but again where the striker position is so important for us and is an absolute priority. Sometimes you have to have to break the bank. But aside from Osim Hen, the other striking targets don't convince me enough. Calvert-Lewin, of course, we mentioned. Tammy Abraham will just be just as expensive as Victor Osim Hen. I'm pretty sure of that. I know mm. Jose Mourinho at Roma as well did say he would be worth £100 million, I believe, even. So he'd be more, he would be more expensive than Victor Osim Hen. So I don't know if you can class that as realistic too. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, of course, reportedly, uh, 50 million pounds. Or do you want to pay 50 million for a Calvert Lewin? I'd rather pay the money for a break the bank for a Seaman than pay 50 yeah. million for a player who scored yeah. is it one one or two Premier League goals last season. Mm -hmm. So the striker is not going to be cheap. I think Gabriel Jesus is a bargain simply because of his contract situation. So if we want to strengthen the striker position in the way we want to and we want to improve, we're going to have to be prepared to, to spend a lot. The transfer market, the prices are huge, inflated right now. So we are going to have to overspend it regardless on who you want to sign. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that a Skamaka is a good option as an alternative. He's very different, though. You know, he would yeah. be available for a similar fee around £40 million. You're going to end up paying, I think, for someone like him, 35 to £40 million. So I think that, you know, there's scope to bring in someone like him, an exciting 23-year-old, different profile, characteristically, you know, aerial threat about him, but still good on the ball, good in link-up play, you know, good at getting involved with, with the build-up for goals. And he seemingly, according to the Athletic, would be willing to move abroad. Unsurprising, considering he's played abroad and came through the PSV Youth Academy. So, you know, I think that there's scope there with that kind of deal. It's what's in one. What is interesting to me is this idea about the wide forward now. How it, how realistic is it that Arsenal will sign a wide forward this summer? If it is, it's Jesus. You know, we go in for someone like a, a Skamaka or a Calvert Lewin on top of say Jesus. But the, I think that the club are focusing on trying to get Tillemans and Jesus done. Then they will go 
what other deals are we going to look to do this summer? They're going to get those priority deals or try to get them done, and then we'll move on from there. Um, let's go to Hitesh. He says, players from the Premier League will find it easy to adjust, but players from outside the Premier League will take time, and it is not good if we sign them late in July, which seems to be more likely. It's true. Like The players that we are looking to sign early are Premier League-proven players like Tielemans and Jesus. If it is that we have to delay those signings or we have to go down to our plan B, C, D options, they could likely come from abroad. Is it... Does it increase the risk, therefore, like Hitesh says, that you're bringing in from abroad so there's less time for them to adapt? Of course, the risk is always there. But at the same time, that's how that's how chances usually work from abroad. I think it's unlike, it's unusual that you do sign players from abroad very early on. I know transfers do usually happen throughout the window. But I do just quickly want to touch on the, the wing mm. forward position because mm. that is a transfer, for example, that would happen late in the window because we'd have to wait on Nicola Pepe's future. So we'd have to sell Nicola Pepe and bring in a wing a wing forward late in the future and of course he, the wing forward would most likely come away from the Premier League so I know we've been linked to players other players around Europe and they will come after July and that sometimes those transfers have to happen it's out of Edu's hands it's out of our hands sometimes some transfers just naturally go at that time so it is a risk but it's a mm. risk you have to take you simply have to take they do work it's not it's not automatic that you sign a player after pre-season they're automatic, automatically going to foul no that is not the case at all but again sometimes it does have a have a greater risk to it. Indeed. Marcus says, does the lack of links with a wide forward concern you? I really think at best sign Eddie and Jesus and no more attackers. If that is what we end the on the window with Eddie and, and Jesus as the two options, like there is going to be disappointment because we should have at least got one more forward in to really cover. Um, especially when you're considering trying to close the gap to Son and Kane and you know these players in Chelsea and City, and you know, you see Liverpool, City and Liverpool going for Haaland and Nunez this summer, like Closing the gap with just Jesus and Eddie Nketiah is, in my view, it's not going to be enough. It's not enough for you to do that. So I feel like, as I said, the club will aim to get those two deals done for Tillemans and, and Jesus, and then they will look at what other options are out there for the rest of the window, and we'll have to wait and see what they indeed end up doing. Uh, Matt says, I think Ozzyman is too much of a risk. He wants Champions League football, so we'll wait to see who comes in for him. If we wait and then he goes to Chelsea at the end of July, we might not get an alternative. I think that's talking about Jesus. Uh, Stevie says, do you think Arsenal should just pay the 50 million euros to bring in Skamaka and not wait until the cows come home for Jesus? I mean, is there an argument that maybe you go in early and get Skamaka because Jesus' deal is, is trundling on too long? No, no, because Jesus, we've discussed for so long that he is a priority signing. And as the, as, uh, the Athletic article said, Arsenal have their reservations about Skamaka. So if you have your reservations about a player, that's worrying to me. That is worrying to me. I don't, if you have such reservations, we shouldn't be going for him in the first place. So it just shows once again how Jesus is so important to our transfer plan. So no, we have to, we have to go all out for Jesus. I feel we have to now. Absolutely. I agree. Um, Dan says, thoughts on Joel Lopez leaving? Um, it's actually one that's crept up on me that I'm not 100% sure. On. Is that in the Athletic article? Article Possibly. I didn't. I need to read through the entire thing. But uh, you know, it's not surprising if that is the case, Dan, because, you know, he came in from Barca a while ago. We've now just signed Lino Souza from West Brom, who's a really exciting young player in the same position. So, it's it's not a surprise to me um, that Lopez would be looking to move on, probably going back to Spain, um, because it's, I just don't think it's a position that he's going to work out in at Arsenal. So it's not surprising at all. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much for tuning in across the week. We will be back on Monday, of course, with the next 10 a.m. show, but there will be some shows for you over the course of not just this afternoon, but across the weekend on the channel. So make sure you're subscribed to get that content. Thank you for helping us reach 13,000 subscribers uh, this week, which was great. And uh, we'll see you again very soon. Bailey, thank you so much. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you, TC, as always, and everyone in the comment section too.
Absolutely. As I said, we'll see you soon. Have a great day, a great weekend. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.